This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You know, I just really get excited whenever I see Dr. Jacqueline Camardo pop up on the screen. It just makes me really happy. Oh, shit, that's me. Yeah. No, literally, I like every time I see that, I'm like, who is that? Who is this doctor entering the chat? I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) You remember that video we made? Oh, my God. Way back in the beginning of season four. Oh, wait. Um, I actually can I have I have a really funny story about that really quick. That song. It's yeah. so random, but th- this is a hilarious story. So give it to me in case people don't know what we're talking about. So if you don't watch New Girl or you haven't watched New Girl, like get your life together. Um, <laughs> but Danielle and I did this show. funny. It's like the best. When reels um, were just starting to be a thing. Yes. Reels were just starting to be a thing. And we had this idea to make a reel with the theme song of that show. Who's that girl? Who's that girl? Yeah. It's Jackie. It's, Instead it's of it's Jackie. Jess, it was like my announcing of being on the podcast. We thought it was like yes. really cute and funny. And so we made this reel, whatever. So I remember when I was making this reel, it was like impossible to try to figure out how to get the audio for just that clip um, into the video that I made, whatever. So I had to like buy the song on iTunes. Like it was like a whole thing, whatever. So I bought <laughs> the song on iTunes on my phone. Okay. I promise you this will all make sense. So... <laughs> A few weeks ago, when my mom was here in Positano, we rented a bougie-ass boat, just me and her, and we drove out to the island of Capri on this bougie boat with this, like, super cute, like, guy that was driving the boat, whatever. We drove the whole time, like, a few hours. We're pulling in back into the dock into Positano. So for the last, like, 30, 40 minutes of this boat tour... He took my phone and was playing like my playlist of like all of the songs that are on my phone. And he was bumping this music like really loud. And I had no idea where this music was coming from, like what playlist. I'm just like guessing it was from my phone. I'm like, I didn't open up Spotify. I wasn't looking at a specific playlist. This guy just was like, it plugged in my phone and music started playing. And song after song kept coming. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best song ever. This is such a good song. Like I was getting nervous every time a new song came on, like fuck what song is going to come up next because now we're pulling into Positano. There's all of these other boats around. Everyone's like super posh and cool. We're blasting this music. And I knew it. I was like, I know some fucking random thing is going to come on my phone. And sure enough, Danielle, we are pulling into Positano. (laughs) And that girl comes on the speakers. Hey girl, what you doing? People were like staring at our boat, like staring Wondering at Wondering who's about to like step off. I'm like, I was like, next song. I was like, next song. So yeah, that's my funny little story about that whole. Oh I was God. so embarrassed. I was like, I was thinking it was going to be like the fan of the opera soundtrack that I like loved and listened to on my phone. I was like, Fan of the opera or Pride and Prejudice is gonna like come up on this shuffle, but no, I love it though. That was brilliant. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) love that for you. And I really, actually, (laughs) I wish I could have been there to and just been like, no, keep playing it, and like filmed you walking off the boat, right? 
But this next thing that I'm going to touch on is going to be probably like a little delayed based off of how like our episodes and stuff come out and like when we record them. But I feel like I'd be super remiss if I did not mention that over the weekend, and this was, let's see, last weekend, like 26th, 27th-ish, like a country star's wife made some like really, really inappropriate comments about gender affirming care and stuff like that. And I just need to shout out Maren Morris and Cassidy Pope. Obviously, they aren't listening to this podcast, but for like not being afraid to take on <laughs> this person and their their following, they're like super Trumpy cult following of people just spreading all this misinformation about what it actually means to find the care so that you can live as your authentic self. So, wow, I don't know if it's because I'm not super into the country music like Nashville like you are, but I missed this. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad because it's like it de- like I don't want to give this person any other I mean, she's like one of those like Oh my God, I'm posting photos. Like, I don't follow this human. The only reason I saw it is because like Maren Morris, like, was like tagging her and all this, this stuff and calling her out for being super harmful and called her an insurrectionist Barbie, which I loved. Wait, are we not going to say who's... You know what? It's Brittany Aldean. Okay. And I will just say, I've done a music video for Jason Aldean. He was the worst artist I've ever worked with. Okay, no big deal. Danielle's done a music video for Jason Aldean. Okay, that's I've done a couple of them. But no, he's an actual dick. Like, he was so rude on set. Every other artist, like, I've ever worked with has always been like, oh, my God, thanks so much. Like, thank you for the crew, like, everything. And he just, like, walks on and was just like, fuck all of y'all. I'm Jason Aldean. And it's like, dude, you don't got a leg to stand on. So it's not really surprising to me that, like, his whole rhetoric is like is the way it is that they're super trumpy and that his wife is peddling some super trumpist bullshit under the under the guise of i care so much about my children like i wouldn't hack off their genitals and stuff like that when they can't make decisions about you know when we can't legally drink or do any of this stuff to listen and i'm like you literally have no idea and you also don't have any idea on how damaging it is for people in the LGBTQ communities who haven't come out yet, who are scared to come out, who are might be feeling so depressed that and fearful for their lives. Like you just people are just so ignorant and it just bothers me. So I yeah. I tried to fire off like a bunch of stuff and like resources and and things for people, but it's just going to be an un- ongoing battle, but I just wanted to applaud Marion Morris and Cassidy Pope for using their their platforms to to educate and to try and stop some truly ignorant hate. Also, um, always a shout out to one of our favorite past guests, Dr. Blair Peters, who mm-hmm. specializes as a surgeon in gender affirming surgery. So uh, he is always posting really helpful content. I think, is that why you reposted? Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe you posted something that he had said, um, but Blair's always putting out incredible content and always supporting the LGBTQ plus and trans community. So 
get go ahead over to Blair's episode um, with us in season four, or definitely head over to his Instagram because there's again always a bunch of resources. On that note, we are bringing in Kara Wilson. We are finally bringing in a registered dietitian again, and I was trying to think back. I don't think we've had one on since like season one or two, maybe. So we're representing our dietitians today, Jack. Right. But Kara is a dietitian that specifies with nurses. So I'm very excited to jump into this one with her. Me too. Morning, Kara. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. We are so excited to have you on. We haven't, Danielle and I were just saying, yeah, we haven't had a dietitian, a registered dietitian on in a while. Um, But you are a dietitian that specifically works with nurses. Yes, I am. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I I have to fangirl for a minute. I'm like such a fan and been listening for so long. Um, It feels like so long. It probably wasn't that long ago. So this is, this is big for me. I'm excited. (laughs) Kara, I was also a huge fan of the podcast before Danielle slid into my DMs, so I can relate to the fangirl, uh, yeah. the fangirl feeling. Yes. Oh exactly. my god, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I know. Now we're just getting Danielle. To I'm getting blushy and sweaty. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, I'm like so excited to hear, you know, all about the work that you're doing now with Nutrition for Nurses, um, all of the program that you run. But I'm just so curious right off the bat, how did you get your interest to specifically work as a dietitian with nurses? Because that's such a, a niche within a niche. Um, and obviously, at yeah. the moment, we have a lot of our listeners are nurses. So this is going to be, I think, a huge resource. Obviously, we love nurses. We love ourselves. <laughs> but what made what what drew you to nurses? Yeah, totally. So I've been a dietitian for about three and a half years now and was working in the clinical world when I started out. Um, and, you know, it was really tough. And I felt like uh, there was just so much that you are you're in school and you're doing your thing and you you finally learn how to do that and then you graduate and then it's like you know the real world and the clinical world and it's it's tough and even I was like for me as a dietitian it was tough um to manage you know sleeping okay and getting enough to eat and really I struggled with like advocating for myself to take my meal breaks um as a dietitian in the hospital so that was all hard for me. And I was not at the bedside. Um, I was not 12 hours with patients all day long. Um, and so just kind of seeing my coworkers, my colleagues, the nurses I worked with go through that and struggle with that. Um, a lot of times, if you didn't know the dietitian is like, they always stick us in like the cafeteria or the break room or something like that as our office. Um, so we hear a lot of the food comments throughout the day that the nurses come in and just speak so negatively about how they're feeling and, and who they are. Um, and it was really hard to hear. And I was like, you know, what? I can do something about this. Always wanted to go into private practice anyways. So yeah, kind of fell into working with nurses and absolutely love working with this group. That's incredible. There's just so much diet misinformation out there. And I feel like especially now, like anyone can go on and take some like internet course and be like, oh yeah, I'm like a certified nutritionist. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) okay, but we have our registered dietitians who actually have like their bachelor's in this degree that like study 
how our bodies break down food and the science behind everything and and along with like actual disease processes so it's mm-hmm. like how do you kind of balance that within your work and like advocate for yourself as like a registered dietitian it's tricky <laughs> i'll say that it's really tricky i think it didn't come overnight. It comes with just kind of building confidence and that like the easy thing to do would be to like spread all this weight loss misinformation and get people hooked on some kind of like quick fad. And that would be easy. It would make more money, certainly, um, but it wouldn't actually help people. So mm-hmm. I, I just feel like at the end of the day, my goal is to help nurses feel better. Um, I want them to not be struggling and have that added stress of trying to diet or just question whether they're doing the right things for their body. I've, I've worked with nurses that are like, you know, what, I, I know how to take care of other people. Why can't I take care of myself? And they're so frustrated and defeated. Yeah. And um, so I don't want that to be an, an extra stress for them. So just sticking to knowing that, okay, I'm here to help them. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I've seen the results with the nurses I've worked with. So um you know, of course, there's like the flashy, easy thing to do, uh, which would be to keep up with those trends and the fads, but it's just not going to help at the end of the day. Well, it's not sustainable either. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, some of these you know, like diet pills and supplements and like things that are supposed to do this and that, like people don't actually know what's in them, how they're going to, how like those supplements can interact with other medications they could be on. It opens up like a world of, that's really kind of dangerous. I mean, the diet yeah. culture like world is very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It can be it can be scary. I think for every nursing potluck, like I'm envisioning every midnight potluck. I don't know, Danielle, if you guys did this, but on night shift, I feel like we would have potlucks like every, literally every night. It was just something <laughs> that we would do. People would bring in food. And for every night shift, that's how we care for each one other. Nurse, <laughs> yeah. There's one nurse in in the corner saying I'm on a diet I can't eat this I'm on a diet mm-hmm. and I mean nursing is just it's a female dominated profession but it's also just any profession like we were just saying diet culture is something completely societal it's not just for nurses but I do think that there is something where nurses seem to be like susceptible to this all or nothing diet culture approach and I would love to hear more about what you see with nurses um, with that specifically because it is really stressful. Like the last thing mm-hmm. you need when you're working a 12 hour shift, probably running on just, you know, maybe five hours of sleep from the shift before is to be in the back of your mind. I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. I can't eat this. I have to eat this. I'm starving myself. <laughs> I'm yeah. not getting or actual I, calories that I, can't I need eat to this like at all. Right. think and take right. care of. Right my patients. Yeah, totally. I I feel like it kind of, like I said before about how nurses can be frustrated with themselves because they feel like they should know, they should know this stuff, but really I don't know how you would. So it's like easy to get frustrated with yourself when you're like, I take care of other people. I'm telling them how to eat and stay hydrated, but I can't do it myself. And I feel like I can kind of relate to that pressure and I'm a, as a dietitian and then also a personal trainer, there's just these, like you said, that diet culture, there's these like body images that you're supposed to look like an upkeep. Um, I've had patients when I worked in the hospital say, you know, they would never take advice from an overweight dietitian, which what does that matter on their knowledge? I don't know, but it's really upsetting. And then same mm-hmm. with the nurse. I've heard patients tell nurses all the time, like, oh, well, you know, you, you look like this, or you have these habits and that sort of thing. And um, so they get a lot of backlash. And I think it may not be as prominent 
in nursing as it is in dietetics, but I definitely have heard comments like that. And so there's maybe the subconscious like underlying feeling of I'm not good enough, or I don't have the image of a caretaker, especially Mm -hmm. with, of course, there's always like social media thrown in and that kind of stuff. And you see a lot of just influencers in general. I wouldn't say, I would say that like, in my opinion, I don't think there's too many like nurse influencers that are really throwing the the body image pressures around, but, but it's everywhere and it's subtle too. It doesn't have to be a blatant comment or remark. It can just be, you know, by the pictures you're posting and stuff like that, that we all just consume. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's just a lot of pressure there and a lot of, um, like you said, cultural things. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I'll say as a, I'm using air quotes, influencer, you know, I was really thrown into that kind of at the, where like the influencing world really just started taking Mm -hmm. off. And I'm completely guilty of, you know, being like, oh yeah, I've been drinking this like tummy tea. It's great. You know? And it's like, it was never as a diet thing. It was just like some like anti bloat thing, you know, but still it's like people, people come for you right away. And like, I just, I, at that point hadn't really taken the time to see what effect me talking about like something that could be perceived as like a weight loss or like a healthy thing, how that could impact so many people. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I really, that really made me sort of become very aware of like different companies that were coming to me to to talk about their you know supplements or this or that or you know and I was like "Mm, we really like there's a there's a lot of responsibility that comes especially Mm -hmm. like the influencing like world with that so I I mean it's been a learning curve for me too like I've had to um really learn and become more self-aware of how like how stuff like that affects people. So. Yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like um, the first thing I tell any of the nurses I work with and kind of along the lines, like you're saying is maybe they, they were doing it for the right reasons and it's not, it's not your fault, you know? And and like you said, you're becoming more self-aware. You're not still like, well, somebody said that this is what I should do. So I'm doing it. And it's, it's right. really just knowing the why behind it. And I think mm-hmm. I relate it to like, think of our patients when we work with them. And if you tell them to, I'm thinking of our most like non-compliant toughest patients and we're like, go do this. 
why would like I'm not going to do something unless I know the why behind it. So it's important mm-hmm. to like spread that information of of the why we're doing things. So I think that's that's what I try to do. I will say though, it is interesting to think about how social media and like influencers and this whole like wellness diet, like like how I think social media has kind of turned diet culture into like wellness culture. But mm-hmm. I think about like being a thirty something year old now, very grateful to have a pretty healthy, I would say like the healthiest relationship with food I've ever had now at this point in my life. But this is nothing new. Like if you were a nineties baby or you grew up in the nineties, like Dee and I did, I mean, just replace social media for the magazines. And I cannot, Mm -hmm. like, I think back to how many hours of my life I wasted going through these like health and fitness magazines, or even just your regular Cosmo or 17 magazine that talked about like X diet or like it it was so common even when we were growing up like this is this diet culture has been literally shoved down our throats Mm -hmm. since we could read and and look at images and so at least now with social media we are starting to see kind of like some of that um, the, the information get a little bit more transparent and we're starting to see more representation and more bodies and what healthy like healthy I'm using air quotes Mm -hmm. again healthy um, eating can look like, but I'm just curious, like, what would you define as healthy eating or balanced eating? Like, what does that look like from your perspective then? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a queen of saying that like balance is there's nothing I don't eat. Like Ben and Jerry's and French fries are my absolute favorite foods. And if there, yes. And if there was a life where those weren't in my diet, yeah, I don't want to be healthy then. Like, you know, so (laughs) Um, I mean, eat your vegetables, drink your water, get your sleep, do all those things. Um, and it's a little like cliche, the whole like 80, 20 or like 90, 10 rule of like, you know, eating healthy 80% of the time and, and eating those fun foods 20% of the time that that mindset can have some issues. But but in general, I mean, you don't have to be perfect with what you're eating, what you're doing. Um, I'm not I, I teach nurses how to find that balance. And um, so I can't. I don't expect myself to um, have it all down either. And that's something I remind um, nurses all the time is that it's a constant thing. I've, I've been working, I've wanted to be a dietitian pretty much my whole life. I've been working on this, studying nutrition, practice it every day. And there are some days where I overeat or I dig in to the bag of Cheetos for like two hours while I'm binge watching TV. And it just happens. But kind of like you said, Jackie, about being in a place where you're in the best relationship with your food that's where that's where I'm at now where I have that balance where I can just, you know, have that that overeating moment and then move on. And that's what I what I try to teach because it's such a freeing experience to not be stressed out and kind of like held back by your food choices or by your thoughts around food. And um, I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day who's a dietitian and she was talking about how all the things we saw like in the 90s with the magazines and the the ads and like she kept bringing up slim fast and it was just like I can when when we talk special about special K yeah the oh special God, K diet wow. and stuff and I can like see not that this is the case for everyone but a lot I can of us taste as, it in my mouth yeah like the cardboard right? <laughs> yep the like chalky chocolate slim fast shake and um a lot of it in in many cases that I've experienced is a lot to do with like watching our mothers do it and they were only trying to do the best thing at the time my mom's a nurse and is another reason I work with nurses and um, so I, I saw that too in her, in her long shifts, trying to fuel on like a slim fast and some snacks and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's just ingrained in us. 
it's not anybody's fault, but you know, there's a learning curve that has to come with it. Obviously, you know, especially doing shift work, like that adds in Mm -hmm. an entirely different component to trying to eat healthy. Like our bodies are awake when they're supposed to be sleeping and recuperating from the day. What's like your best advice to like guide like night shift nurses? Because Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes like you're not hungry in the middle of the night, but you still need to, to feed yourself. Um, yeah. Or people get really nauseous and stuff because they're awake mm-hmm. when they should be sleeping. So it's like, I know in a lot, especially new grads, like as their body's turning mm-hmm. to adjust mm-hmm. to night shift, really struggle with that. Or people who are just yeah. coming back to nights after not being on them for, you know, months or years. Yeah, that's probably the most frequent, I feel like frantic DM I get is from new grads about to start night shift. And they're like, please help. Everybody I know has gained like 40 pounds when they start night shift and I'm so freaked out. Um, but definitely be, nutrition, just like anything else in, in healthcare and is very individual. And so you kind of have to find what works for you. Of course, there's things I'd you know recommend, like make sure you eat before your shift starts and pack, pack snacks and like more food than you think you might need. I always say, because if we pack like one meal, it's 2 a.m. and you're starving and you still have hours left of your shift. It's just gonna, it's gonna really suck. And the cafeteria is closed at night. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a struggle. That's the other thing. Nothing yeah. is set up to support um, healthcare workers at night. Like the cafeteria closes at like yeah. 11 or like you might have some chicken fingers and like a cheap ass processed grilled cheese that you can eat at like yeah. two o'clock in the morning. But yeah, I don't understand how like hospitals are like healthcare is 24 seven and then we don't support night shift as as much honestly (laughs) things don't run at night yeah it's a whole thing yeah night shift is tricky um I would say really stick to the basics when it comes to shift work so that above like anything nutrition wise would be sleep um prioritizing your sleep before we even dive into like looking at what you're eating and when you're eating you've got to have a really solid sleep schedule it's just, it's going to be so much harder on your metabolism to not get that sleep down. And it's so much easier said than done. I know, but it's, it's got to happen. I've seen nurses do it. So I know it's possible. Um, I could imagine it's especially hard. The nurses I work with that have like families and little kids and stuff is really difficult, but it's something that's got to be prioritized. At least I like to say like seven hours of sleep, but let's be real. Does that always happen? It's, you know, it's a gamble (laughs) with night shift, depending on how your shifts are set up. Yeah, I think other than sleep, hydration, those basics, those kinds of things, focusing on another thing that really plays into your metabolism and just helping you maintain a healthy weight, whether you're trying to lose weight or not, um, is balancing your blood sugars, which can be really difficult at night since your body's set up to kind of regulate those differently during the day and at night. Um, So eating foods that support that, um, focusing on protein. I know that's probably thrown around a lot protein, protein, protein. It's, it's important. It's not the end all be all, but it is important. And then a lot comes into play with night shift in terms of just emotions and sleepiness, your hunger and fullness signals are all thrown off, um, by working at night, by being awake and alert at night. So I like to really help my nurses play into those like comfort foods and making sure that you're bringing things Mm -hmm. that do bring you comfort. It's okay for food to be like a pleasure thing. So bringing foods that are like snacky or I love my dark chocolates, always having that, you know, with me at work is um, really helpful. I love that. I I love that idea of like, um, 
like looking forward to some of your snacks or looking forward to some yes. of your food. I remember those night shift days. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, I brought this. Like even just like I would sometimes bring like a special like kombucha drink or mm-hmm. like something like fun and fizzy to like break. Cause sometimes the nights get a little slow. You need to like pick me up. But I love what you said about it being individualized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so great why you work with individual clients with this, especially on this topic of night shift, because like you said, Danielle has had so much experience with night shift, me just a few years, but from my experience, you nailed it. Everyone is so different. Some people like to eat breakfast Mm -hmm. when they get home. Some people like to have like a dinner when they get home. Some people want to have one big meal before they go in and then just a little like Mm -hmm. everyone is so different on their needs during night shift and I love that you work with people individually because it's really a process that you kind of have to figure out for yourself and figure out like what works for you with the food and the sleep Mm -hmm. right like do you sleep right after the shift do you try to stay awake for a few hours and then go to sleep it's it's tough and I, I really think that that's great because especially new grads starting night shift need a lot of extra support yeah, definitely. I feel like they're kind of thrown into it and it's it's um it's tricky to navigate not only on your own, but then there's also like just because it's so individual, it's really hard to be, you know, go to your your other, you know, nurse coworkers on night shift and be like, help, I don't know what to do. And then they're not, you know, they may not have the best routines as well. So it can be really tricky. Yeah. And Kara, I'm gonna ask you a question um that I know is bad. I know it's bad that I do this, but I know other nurses do the same thing. Okay, so Kara, I'm gonna give you the floor to reprimand us nurses for doing this horrible, horrible health choice. But I am so guilty of showing up to my shift and like chugging an iced coffee on an empty stomach, like first thing in the morning, I will drink my coffee. Danielle's like gonna puke. <laughs> She's like chugging a coffee or an iced coffee on my way to the hospital, on my way to work, literally on an empty stomach. And then the shift starts or your clinic starts and you just get so busy. And next thing you know, you're just running on a venti Starbucks, no water and no food. <laughs> Have at it, Kara. You have permission to yell at me. Okay. One, you're absolutely not alone because you nailed probably the number one, like, biggest habit that I have to work on with any nurse. Like, that's just like the number one thing. Yeah. No, so, not us. Not us having too caffeine. Not no us being late right? for work, but showing up with our Starbucks. Right. You're like the traffic was awful. <laughs> so bad. I know. I definitely did that a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I'm so I was late to an appointment. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, the traffic was horrible. And I'm like sitting in the Starbucks drive through line, like just waiting. But anyway. <laughs> Necessary. Yeah, I think so. I hear a lot that like whether you're day shift, night shift, when you first wake up, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm too nauseous to eat. And I'm like, but you can slam the like dairy, sugar, coffee, you know, Mm -hmm. when you first wake up, which I get it. Like that's my first thought when I wake up, like coffee. So (laughs) I get it. But adding something to that, I don't care. I mean, protein's best, especially if your coffee has like a lot of sugar or, you know, whatever in it, you're already kind of getting your carbs from that and your energy from that. Um, Adding something to it, or at least the snack on the way um, to work would be great, but you're absolutely right about, you know, you, you wake up, 
our our cortisol levels, your your stress hormone is highest when you first wake up. Um, that's for a reason. It's supposed to get you out of bed, get moving. But then you add caffeine to that. We like spike that a little bit more. You get to your shift. It's stressful. You're in rounds. So we're just like spiking that cortisol, making ourselves more stressed out than necessary than if we just added in like two hard boiled eggs or something or like a protein bar even or you know, something really small and simple. A lot of my nurses love like a PBJ or like half a PBJ with their coffee. It's just, it's like a treat that a lot of people think I of. I love isn't. peanut like, butter. Right? I love a I peanut love butter sandwich. Yeah. Love with a little bit of honey. That. Mm-hmm. Love that. So easy. Yeah. So you can like have that with it. I love like sweet in the morning. So that's kind of, I love like peanut butter or PBJ, whatever. But adding something to it, because on top of that, you're probably not if you're like sipping on that large coffee, you're probably not drinking your water also. So it's just, you're going to hit that crash later in the day, that like mid shift slump where you're just like, I'm exhausted, but I've kind of tapped out of my coffee. And all those things can kind of, of course, like you'll feel that fatigue during your shift. That's normal, but it can be a little bit, you know, helps out. Um, if you start a little bit earlier in the day with just something, um, with your, your caffeine. (laughs) PB&J and iced coffee, that actually sounds like a really epic right? combo. Like, that is such an epic combo. I'm going to try this out. Everybody, try this out with me, please. Oh, my gosh. I love this. I'm like, this is your permission to eat a peanut butter and jelly on your way to work. Enjoy it. Get your Uncrustables or just mm-hmm. make it yourself. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I remember, I mean, like, it's not like it was that long ago. I did night shift for like 12 years. I would, (laughs) I would, I would get up around like three or four. Sometimes if it was like, if I had the energy, I would try and like go to the gym, just do like a 20 minute walk, just something to like Mm -hmm. start picking it up a little bit. But then I would, I would eat, like I would either, but it wouldn't always be breakfast food. It might be, or it might be like a dinner food. And then I would save whatever I made to have like a little bit later into the night. But then I would come home. I might eat like a little snack, but then I was always like, you need to take your shower. You need to wind down and get your butt in bed. Mm -hmm. Dark curtains, set up your sleep space because otherwise like your mind's just still still firing you're still hearing like patient bed alarms you're hearing IV pump alarms and so it's it can be really hard to like find that wind down but like Mm -hmm. I always tried to be like in bed by nine in the morning and then but like your body just kind of still wakes up because it wants to be awake I wanted to highlight something that you said which is this is really hard Mm -hmm. because it's not just as simple as 
picking the right food and bringing it with you or picking the right options. Ultimately, our relationships with food have taken years and decades to accumulate. Mm -hmm. It is emotional. It is societal. It is cultural. You've learned, like you said, you've learned things from your parents. You've learned things from your friends. There's so many different layers to our relationships with food. And it is, it is like what you said, a mindset, but I love that you said it can be done Mm -hmm. because I was that girl in my, most of my teens and in my twenties where it was from yo-yo diet to yo-yo diet to this bad diet to this bad exercise trend. I never thought I would be able to heal my relationship with food and get out of that vicious cycle of just, it can be that simple Mm -hmm. of choosing. And it can be that simple as I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. Or the cupcakes there, I don't want it. Or the cupcakes there, I do want Mm -hmm. it. And I love that you said that it can be done because I, I wish when I was in my early 20s, like working these long ass shifts, that I had someone to tell me like, you you can have a healthy relationship with food. Like it can, mm-hmm. you can find this because most women that you're around, and I think with the culture of nurses also on the unit is you will hear a lot of this chit chatter of like, oh, I can't, I shouldn't have that donut. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I shouldn't have that cake. Oh, I shouldn't have that piece of pizza. So it's, it's really challenging. And I just don't want to, um, I don't want anyone listening to think that we're like putting light at how challenging facing mm-hmm. your relationship with food can be. It's so, it's so challenging. And I I appreciate that it, that it is helpful for you to hear would have been helpful for you to hear that it can be done. Because I know a lot of times when I say that, like, like you said, I don't say it, it I don't take it lightly, because it's not, oh, well, it can be done. And you should just go do it. Um, okay. It really, like I said, takes years of work and mm-hmm. constant practice. It's kind of like, in my opinion, with it being a lot of mindset work, it's a lot of mindset and almost like therapy, like you're never done. Like you're never yeah. done working on your mindset and your beliefs. Totally. And, um, you know, we, we have bad days or we have days where we, you know, feel like we're not, you know, our best selves, whatever. Um, and that's okay. And you're going to experience that with food and body image and, and your workouts and that sort of thing too. It's just, it's normal and we're meant to change every day. But like you said, it, it, it is hard. It takes work and time and practice, but it, it can definitely be done. I agree. So Carrie, you also offer like, like one-on-one coaching with people, mm-hmm. with nurses too. Where can people find you to, to, to work with you? Yeah. So I do offer one-on-one coaching with nurses um, in two different ways. We kind of have like a 30 day intensive where we like dive into it hit the ground running on, you know, taking a look, what I call like a metabolism audit. audit. So we're looking at like everything from sleep and mindset around food to the actual like day shift, night shift, your habits, routines, your exercise, that sort of thing. And then like a longer version, that's like a 16 week program where we really like build that relationship and we work on those habits to hopefully in 16 weeks, get you to a place where you're like loving how you feel and and feeling really um, free with your thoughts around food. And then also in a more like self-paced slash group setting, um, I created the Nourish Nurses Association, which I started this past February. And it's everything you need, self-paced modules, videos, um, handouts. There's a 12-week strength training program in there. So there's lots of good stuff. And then we also have the community because I felt like that was a huge 
um, piece that was missing in, in my other programs is it's one thing for me to sit here as a dietitian. I worked in the clinical world. I can understand it was rough, long days. Uh, but to have other nurses there with you, understanding what you're growing, going through and able to share their insight of what they're doing, what's working for them. So um, I also offer that. And those can be found mostly on um, Instagram at Kara Wilson Nutrition. Website is currently in progress, should be done in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be karawilsonnutrition.com. And you can find find all that information there. That's awesome. I mean, that's really, really helpful, especially, I would think, especially for new new nurses and nurses that just, I mean, it's a, it really finding like that healthy balance, especially doing shift work with food, with exercise, with life, with your relationships, with people. I mean, like everything mm-hmm. changes for you once you start doing shift work. So, and like, you know, being able to have that community aspect, I think is really important mm-hmm. that, you know, people can share and, and just kind of start working, working through it. So Kara, like, I am just so grateful that our well-med nursing community has you as a resource. They can start with this episode. Um, they can go to all of your incredible resources, whether that's the group work, the module work, the, um, the one-on-one coaching, but I would just love to end off on two things. One, if you could just give nurses, like what's your one takeaway, your biggest piece of advice? And then two, for all of our non-nurses, for our RDs out there, um, just like the little bit of inspiration that you would give to your fellow RDs listening. Oh, that's good. Oh, these are tough questions. Okay. So one takeaway for nurses, I would say... This isn't even a tan like a tangible thing, but just be a little bit easier on yourself, be a little nicer to yourself. Um, you are doing your best. If you are struggling with, you know, your relationship with food or or your body image, um, you're one, you're not alone. Um, I know it can feel really lonely, like, you know, that you're the only one battling that and in your own way, but there's lots of other people out there. It doesn't make it better, but you know solidarity and so just go go a little bit easier on yourself you don't have to be perfect you have a lot on your plate uh i think we normalize 12 hour shifts and the stress of it and being on our feet and just people's it's, lives it's, right yeah i mean i i know i took on that's why clinical got so hard for me i took on like the emotions of my patients and i felt i just i felt it you know i'm a really empathetic person and i just felt it really hard and so we take on a lot um so just give yourself some grace. You're doing the best you can. And if you can just take it one, one habit, one action step at a time, focus on one thing and really nail that down. It's okay to take it slow. Um, you, you learn kind of like Jackie mentioned earlier, you learned how to develop your relationship with food for years of, you know, consuming different sorts of, you know, ads and social media and and images and information. So it's not, it's going to take years and some time um, to fix that and heal that. So just give yourself grace and uh, work on one thing at a time. Um, That's really beautiful. Thank you. I'm not a short-winded person. So sorry. I love Uh, that. I love every second. Please keep going. (laughs) Yeah. And for, for my fellow RDs, I would say to do what you know helps. It is so, so easy. Like I mentioned in the beginning to get caught up in doing what is the fad, what's the 
what's the trend, what's more popular, what makes money. Um, and that's just not going to be helpful at the end of the day. I think probably as, as nurses or any healthcare provider, really, we, we all know we didn't really get into this, like for the money per se, we did it because, you know, it's our passion. I, you know, love to help people. Like I said, I, I love people through, through food and nutrition and feeding them and helping them feel better, um, in their bodies. So that's, you know, keeping that at the forefront of your mind of why you're doing what you're doing rather than, um, you know, feeding into that misinformation and it's okay if it happens, we all learn and kind of grow from, from things. I know I said things in the beginning of like my work that like, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Why, you know, because it was just the trendy thing to say. So just keep doing it, keep teaching, keep educating from a place of like love and wanting to help people. I'm just so glad of all of the people that keep reaching out and like finding the WOMED and and the, the people that we have on to share their stories and their work. It's just, it's so cool. I love, I love that we completely align with Kara's thought process and approach mm-hmm. to nutrition and diet and anti-diet culture and all of these things. I'm so glad that we aligned. Danielle and I were just joking that we are very picky on who we allow to come on to the podcast to talk about Mm -hmm. food and relationships with food, because we know it's such a sensitive subject that we as women have struggled with ourselves. And we always just want to make sure that we're providing you guys the most accurate science evidence-based and just overall like nourishing and helpful information that we can. And with that, I will say a little hot take. I do wish, like, I think that Kara is such a good resource for new grads or night shift nurses before you get into that situation where maybe you aren't sleeping. Maybe you have, you know, gained some weight that doesn't make you comfortable. Um, Again, you know, if you did, no big deal. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But I know sometimes it's We've hard. All been there. Sometimes yeah. you know you want to feel your best and you want to be able to do your job. And so I think that care is a great resource to like ease that transition. Kind of like what we talk about with therapy. Like you don't need to be mm-hmm. at your rock bottom when you start therapy. You don't need to right. be at your rock bottom with health and with nutrition and exercise to start seeing uh, a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could not agree more with that. Could not agree more. The conversation around weight is so nuanced. Mm -hmm. And like, what actually makes us feel good in our bodies. And I think that's going to be like another conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can speak to a lot of that, you know, personally. Oh, same. Totally. But I'm just really very grateful that Kara Wilson founded our podcast. And... That she decided to specialize in helping us. I know. I feel so loved. I hope all of our nurses listening feel also so seen and, and nursing so loved. students. I know that nursing someone would take their, get on this. their own healthcare career just to support nurses. Freaking love that. Well, you guys know by now, hopefully you know by now, that our episodes come out every Friday, not Mondays. We are here for the what is the TGIW Friday? What did you say yes. last time? Thank God it's Wilmet Friday. So you know where to catch us now every Friday. So be sure to tune in for that. You hopefully, you know where to find us on Instagram at 
The Womed. Uh, you can find us at our website at thewomedpodcast.com. Um, our TikTok has taken a little break, but I have some news. I was just that thinking I think about that. Be... I got kicked out of it. <laughs> I have some news that I actually think um, TikTok may be coming back, guys. It was doing so well, and I had to just take a little break, but I think TikTok's coming back. So Ooh, find I'm us excited. on all the platforms. You guys know. You're going to have to tell me the password again. <laughs> Should I maybe not let Dan guys? Maybe we should vote. <laughs> Come on. I'll let you back in. Don't worry. Anyway, great review. Share this with a friend. Thanks always for listening. And we will catch you next week. On that note, WOMED out. Ah, uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.